Welcome to Small Business Big Impact. These are lessons from the trenches of running a business with a multiple bottom line. Purpose, people, planet, and profit. Get the inside scoop on what it takes to succeed at using business as a force for good. In today's episode, you'll meet Harmony Ziegler of Akoya Lifestyle and Wellness Therapy. Akoya offers an innovative therapeutic approach to online therapy, therapy and wellness outdoors, and personal luxury retreat therapy. Harmony is an accredited wilderness guide, and she's also a registered clinical counselor with a Master's of Science in Counseling. She specializes in therapy for leaders, entrepreneurs, creatives, and game changers to maximize their social impact. You'll notice the cadence of this conversation with Harmony is a little slower and more intentional than usual. I think this, in part, comes from the qualities, pace, and presence that she has cultivated in order to create the spaciousness for people and their stories to unfold. Harmony shares the journey that she took so that she could give from a full cup. Good morning, Harmony. It's great to be talking to you this morning. And I'm looking forward to hearing about your story of, well, I think of it as transformation and the transformation that you're looking to support in others. And that was a journey, right? I love the word transformation. You nailed it. That is it. Um, And I'm smiling with that word because as I just launched my business, um, I used that word on social media, on my own personal social media account to announce my business. I'm back. I've transformed. Here is the transformation. I've been off social media for five years. So um, beautiful word. Nice. So what was the origin of this? Or I suppose you can go back, can go way back, but let's go back to um, a clear line of connection to where you are today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the most recent thread um, really begins with a long tangle of threads with some history that's connected to that thread. Um, that's all part of part of the, the cycle and the learning and the foundation. So I'll start with a little bit um, of history to, to share. Uh, so I have been in clinical practice in the world of nonprofit for about five years or so, um, of which time I was serving people in the field uh, of mental health related to uh, um, a lot of trauma, a lot of poverty, marginalization, um, abuse, including um, you know complex trauma that relates to childhood abuse. So during this time uh i would say i underwent a personal transformation and i uh i learned about the resilience of working with people in their most um vulnerable states and i can't say enough about human resilience um, and the positivity that i've learned about uh, humankind through this work Um, But I also learned about the dark side of humanity. And that for sure took a toll on me. Um, Much, 
much uh, prior to the, the toll of this, I was also managing my own uh, personal health crises at the time that had been building for a number of years, probably a decade and a half, but came to a crux actually um, March 3rd of 2020, uh, ultimately, which coincided with COVID and the onset of the global pandemic. Uh, so I found myself in New York City having surgery five days before the pandemic hit, um, having taken some time off work for this. Uh, all of these things together um, ultimately equals burnout, personal, professional burnout, um, to the point where um, ultimately I... I could not uh, take a two week holiday and return to work feeling rested. And that was the key sign for me that burnout had struck. And burnout is the kind of thing that creeps up on us quite often. Um, we think we're doing well and we're functioning, but then all of a sudden there's a, a factor that uh, tips the scale. So that's sort of the history. Um, that led to the transformation. And uh, in February of 2022, um, ultimately everything came to a halt for me and I did have to um, take some time from work and ultimately re resign from my position to focus on my own health and my own well-being and my own lifestyle. Um, prioritizing that uh, really allowed me to go into a deeper place of reflection personally and professionally about what it was I wanted, what kind of ripple effect I wanted to have in the world, what kind of social impact I wanted to have. And that though the work I was doing um, in the world of nonprofit and mental health, mental illness felt incredibly potent and important. I felt like I wasn't having the impact um, that I wanted to have on a on a bigger um, with a bigger ripple effect that would uh, move beyond the smaller layers of community and ecosystems that I was working in. So I started to allow the dream of which I have been dreaming for the last 25 years about having my own business, my own um, private practice, being uh, a therapist in a very innovative um, innovative type of, of practice. I allowed that to come alive. And I did that through taking time one month off uh, to really just focus on myself. Uh, during that time, I chose to engage in a plant medicine ceremony to have a deeper sense of reflection and knowing within myself. Um, I really allowed in the grief that I uh, had repressed from my surgery all the way uh, in New York City two years prior. Um, of which I had to do in order to keep functioning in my job and in my personal life. That repression was a necessary survival tool, but it ultimately um, was no longer serving me and needed 
to be expressed. And I did that through my own practice of art therapy, nature therapy, uh, daily wellness practices that are very disciplined and thoughtful and maintained and really le leaning into sort of the inner shadow side um, that uh, that had been building for me through both my work um, and then, you know, this personal health crisis. Um, by the time I um, uh, was in that place of taking a leave in February of 2022, I was doing two to three suicide assessments per week um, for clients. Um, the impacts of COVID, they hit hard um, globally, but in small community and microenvironments, you know, as frontline mental health workers, we were really experiencing that impact on a deep level. Um, Statistics Canada showed that the suicide, suicide rate rose by one and a half percent from 2019 through um, the, the global pandemic within Canada. And so that uh, is a significant impact um, on community, um, on workers, etc. Um, yeah, so there's other things I'd love to to share about this in terms of the later impacts of this and the decisions uh, that I made and how that has come to fruition in terms of social impact and what that dream is. Um, and this is related to the intergenerational uh, side of my, my family, the trauma, as well as the resilience and the entrepreneurship background that my family um, brings forward. But I'll just pause with that for a moment and kind of let that sink in. And so the the challenge that you went through leading into COVID and then during COVID as you were being with the experience of of the all, all those various pressures that you were that you're under including the challenge of being with this onslaught of deep challenge within your client base was became a pressure cooker and I don't know, we'd say forced or encouraged or <laughs> germinated um, a new perspective, a new direction to take, right? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And pressure cooker is the right word. <laughs> yeah. Um, and reason being is that's a really great metaphor for what happens in the nervous system when um, we are overwhelmed in our nervous system. It feels like a pressure cooker. And that was exactly what was happening for me that there was a continual saturation within my nervous system to the point where there was no amount of self-care that I could do that would allow me to restore myself. The only solution was, was taking time away from work and focusing on myself. Um, so our nervous system really is a beautiful instrument and this is part of what really is the foundation of my work with Akoya is building on the capacity that we have innately to, to connect um, to that innate intelligence within us and our nervous system, um, our emotional bodies, our 
um, limbic system, within, within the mind. These are all the tools that we are gifted with. And so for me, it was a process of leaning into that and trusting it. And um, I really actually did not have a choice. <laughs> My nervous system said, no, you've had enough. We're not doing this anymore. And that is burnout ultimately. Uh, so that process really helped me to establish what was at the core of my well-being um, and the core of my practice and what I wanted to share with the people that I support in the world of therapy and counseling. Um, I have grown up in an environment within my family that was very much focused around lifestyle and adventure um, and prioritizing wellness, but it was also mixed with a background of intergenerational trauma that I would say I have, um, have been that recipient of through my uh, family of origin. They are trauma survivors. Um, and as many Canadians are trauma survivors from both colonization, um, immigration, loss of culture uh, through immigration, as well as um, the colonizational impacts within the Indigenous people of Canada and the racialization and so many different components and factors. Uh, so I, uh, as, as a, a product of this, started to really understand how trauma, um, entrepreneurship and resilience were part of my personal story and how I was building this into my business. Uh, so I'll share that my grandmother on my maternal side took her own life when my mother was 11 years old. That had a profound impact on that family. Um, of course, including my mother who grew up without a mother uh, the rest of her life. And I hence grew up without a maternal grandmother. Um, my grandmother, whose name was Marguerite, which uh, coincidentally um, in Greek translates as pearl. And this is an interesting factor because Akoya um, is a pearl. It is a coveted seawater cultivated pearl. And it mythically means wisdom gained uh, through experience. And so I actually learned recently that Marguerite means pearl and I had named my business Akoya long before this. Um, so the impacts of this suicide were far reaching in the family and as um, a granddaughter without a grandmother, I have felt the effects of that. And I believe that is part of my personal health crises. Um, I'll share because I believe it's important to destigmatize um, what I went through, I will share the personal experience uh, there, which is that I had a hysterectomy. And um, that left me as a childless woman, not by choice. Um, I always wanted to be a mother myself, but um, for circumstantial reasons related to health and related to relational trauma as a result of uh, my family's trauma. It always was difficult for me to find the right combination um, to allow that to occur for myself. 
So this loss was far reaching for me, um, having a hysterectomy. And what I learned spiritually through uh, my plant medicine ceremony was that ultimately um, I was being asked to a greater calling in life that the birth of a child was uh, not my calling, that actually the birth of this business was my calling and that I would have a much greater ripple effect on the world um, by putting my energy into this business. And the reason that um, I uh, see that uh, combination sort of fruitfully coming together is is because of my calling to work with leaders and entrepreneurs, creatives and game changers. And I, and I am called to that, um, that genre uh, of people because I believe they have the greatest ability to impact positive world change with the greatest ripple effect. And that's where my energy uh, wanted to go through the burnout, through the time off, through the personal transformation. Yeah, because it's not like people who are undertaking a significant project in the world of trying to make uh, make positive change just because they're trying to do something great doesn't mean that they're not experiencing a great deal of challenge themselves. Exactly. Absolutely. And I think that people in leadership positions and people who are creatives and game changers um there's a high expectation for these people to be highly functioning and a high expectation actually that within that high functioning state that uh there isn't a prevalence of mental illness or trauma or difficulty coping um there's an expectation there uh that you know we hold these people uh up on a pedestal and and i think they sometimes have this pressure, but they don't have an outlet to, um, to give back to themselves, to be their most real selves, to work in, in an authentic way. And that ultimately is my goal is to create that space to allow people to be in their full authenticity, in their full vulnerability, and to hold space for them there. Um, by doing so, I believe that people can tap into their own innate resilience and it's not even a belief it is a fact that this is true uh, that people can tap into this um, research shows this yes but also in my clinical practice time and again when I walk beside people that is what I witness and it is so profound and like you know I feel it in my gut right now just thinking about it there's this great joy in this this fire um, that is there so the ability to support people in that leadership type position or people who are creative and innovating in the world and making some of the greatest difference. I want those people to find the greatest resources to tap into that inner place of knowing. Ultimately, when people are hurting, they hurt other people, hurt people, hurt people. So if I can support people to not be hurting inside than what they express outwardly as leaders and entrepreneurs, creatives, game changers, they're going to be sharing something much more holistic and productive. 
uh, for all of society. So I'm curious about what kinds of uh, thoughts, choices, or actions that you took that helped you find your way to, to regain your wholeness. So as I shared, uh, you know, taking the time off, um, all of those things that I previously shared, but I will add to that as well as prioritizing my own health, wellness, lifestyle, I needed to learn to ask for help myself. And it's something that was um, ingrained in me uh, through family of origin. Don't ask for help. You can do it yourself. You must be independent. And there's this sort of toxic independence that has um, been taught to me as a result of um, family members having to be massively independent for reasons of their own survival. So I reached out for help and support and it was amazing. Um, I can't believe what I found. Um, one of those things was the Social Venture Institute at Hollyhock and the community there where I met like-minded people learning that, wow, there's a business community that actually resonates with my values. Um, I reached out to my closest family and friends who are entrepreneurial, creative, and very discerning themselves. And I sought their, their help and their feedback. And, um, you know, one of my friends, Shani Cranston, for example, met with me religiously once a week, high noon on Fridays, um, to support me in, um, uh, kind of entre entrepreneurial pep talk is what we call it. And she's an entrepreneur herself uh, and has uh, homegrown living foods. She's a food producer. I have many other friends who supported me around that as well. Um, I do my own therapy. So uh, reaching into the depths of my own therapy. Um, I took on a couple of different coaches at different times. Um, Sarah Jane Smith was incredibly helpful. I did a program with her around learning to embody uh, what I was experiencing and uh, bringing that in from the childless, not by choice perspective. Uh, she's an entrepreneur, childless, not by choice woman, um, and she does embodiment work and yoga and coaching. And so she was incredibly helpful. Um, as well, I worked with a woman named Constance Lynn, Hummel out of Vancouver, who has a company called The Business of Helping, and she is um, she's fantastic as well, and uh, helps counselors create their own practices, which we aren't taught how to have a business. We're taught how to um, be relational and support people in, in mental health. Um, so all of that uh, was incredibly helpful. Um, and lastly, I'll share that uh, I also had to develop uh, a foundational mindset. Um, so this foundational mindset, uh, this was an interesting process because that's where I started. Um, and it was pretty exciting and pretty nerve wracking to start to figure out how to deconstruct the I'm going to use the word toxic again. I feel like I've used that a few times, but I will use the word toxic again around this um, work culture of toxic productivity, where we, we, you know, we're on the clock and it's what we do and, and it's um, quantity based and it's not necessarily quality based. 
So I really had to deconstruct that and learn how to work from a place of wellness, not a place where I was constantly, um, you know, in a place of, of harm, but and then having to repair. Instead, how can I work from a place of wellness? Yeah, I, I have a sense that that's an ongoing, delicate balance to manage because you know, the demands uh, are quite significant, especially if you're trying to do something unusual or out of the ordinary or as significantly aspirational. Um, there's always a call for a huge amount of time and effort and, you know, balancing that with ensuring that you're getting your own needs met so that you can continue having access to the creativity and the rest and all the things, all the ingredients that allow you to, to give your best. That's spot on. I want to drop on a quote um, from actually the SVI website when I was trying to decide whether or not I should go to SVI. Um, I looked at the introductory paragraph and it said that anyone who has ever done anything meaningful in life will tell you that the hardest part is building your inner skills to meet the demands of your vision. And I think that's exactly what you were speaking about. Um, beautifully put yes it is a constant balancing act and it requires discipline and it requires a commitment to daily practice and that's things like breath work and yoga or qigong and meditation journaling exercise time in nature you know keep the body moving uh, these kinds of things have definitely been integral to my practice all the way along but as I hit burnout they became even more important and as I went through recovery they became even that much more important um, ultimately as well uh, getting very clear on what I was doing and why that was important so I leaned on the work of Simon Sinek and the golden circle and starting with why. And that was really where it boiled down to the ripple effect. What am I doing and why? Because I wanna have a ripple effect, why? Because I'm seeing the impacts of mental illness firsthand in my community. I'm seeing the impacts of trauma in my own family of origin. I'm seeing the impacts of COVID. I'm seeing the impacts of my own burnout. There needs to be a stronger ripple effect here. And that's where I wanted to come from. I appreciate that you're, you've come, you've uh, answered the call that you saw, <laughs> saw the need for, and I appreciate that the depth in which you've gone to to prepare yourself, even though it may not have been fully conscious, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I think it's important that uh, if you, to be able to support others, you have it's important to have, to have gone through the journey yourself and to be open to continuing that journey. And it sounds like that's what you're up to. You got it. That is the gospel truth for sure. Um, and that is where I come from, that ultimately your therapist is only as good as their own lifestyle and wellness. And if that isn't within balance, how can I and others in this position support those who need the support? Uh, so ultimately... Yes, it is a prioritization of that. And so I'm building that into my practice from the ground up. And that means that I do prioritize my own wellness and my lifestyle. 
And I do that in a way, hopefully, that I'm modeling that for the people that I work with. Um, and that includes taking enough time off, working on a four-day work week, um, making sure that my mornings are focused on my daily practice, and building that into how I work with people. Uh, that includes continuing my training um, consistently and improving my education in all of those disciplines that are holistic, that are neuroscientifically based, um, building, building all of that in. And uh, I'm so grateful to be a therapist at this time in 2023. Um, the plethora of resources, um, science, meeting, uh, long-held traditions from many Eastern traditions, especially around mindfulness and self-regulation practices is just so beautiful to see. And I feel really grateful for that. Well, I'm really grateful for this time that we've spent together and the story that you've shared. Mm. Thank you. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. Be sure to subscribe so that you can be notified when new episodes are released. If you've created a business that's a force for good and you'd like to share your story of challenge and success, go to questio.us slash podcast and click on the share my story button. 